Hi everyone! Today I'm really happy to be here. It's November 1st. Probably when this comes out, it's going to be November 2nd. And that means that it's the one and only Dia de Muertos in Mexico, Day of the Dead. So iconic. And even more iconic is that I happen to be here. It's the first time in seven years. Seven years, okay? Seven years, almost a decade, okay? Almost a decade that I'm here in Dia de Muertos, and it's truly really exciting. Dia de Muertos is probably my favorite holiday of the year, ever. It's a very special holiday. Um, it's very, it's part of my identity, you know? It's part of my memories as a child. It's part of everything that I am, probably. And it's a holiday that I've brought with me wherever I've been, and it was it was it was really starting to bother me the 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 idea of of maybe never experiencing a dia de muertos again at least in my 20s i was just like i'm just missing dia de muertos like every single year like it really upset me because it's the most colorful and joyful and amazing holiday in the year in mexico and i from what i can remember i've never had any mixed feelings the way i do with like christmas or my birthday in Dia de Muertos, you know, it's like a really special holiday for me, and the the fact that I get to spend it here this year, I'm I'm so grateful, and and yeah, it's it's beautiful cultivating tradition and something that feels like nurtures my soul in a way. It's also kind of like a spiritual connection to Dia de Muertos, which I kind of it's it, it, sort of the premise goes around remembering and honoring life and death and celebrating the life that those the loved ones around us hold. So I think it's a very beautiful reminder of 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 our life and and how lucky we are to be alive in this world right now. So I'm so happy to be here today in Dia de Muertos. Uh my altar is right in front of me. I made an altar for the first time in my Honestly, in my adulthood, no, just get well, sort of in my twenties, probably the last time that I made an altar was when I was a senior in high school. So I was eighteen when I made an altar the last time, and it was quite iconic. I'm not gonna lie; it was actually amongst the best altars around. So this year, I made a I made a pretty good job as well. I went to the mercado and bought everything from scratch. Like, got the boxes for free from like some people at the market and then bought every single thing like candy and the sugar schools and everything the candles everything from like stands in the market and 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 came back and put it together and arranged it and it was probably amongst my top moments in the year it's it's truly been really special so i'm really happy to be here today <laughs> you know dia de muertos so thank you for being here today with me and To be honest, I I don't really know what this is going to go around and about. I've been reflecting a lot this month, particularly. Well, October came to an end. October felt eternal. And I was saying on my previous episode that I was sort of like gone. I ghosted everybody in October because I had my first paranormal experience ever. It was quite spooky. I really hope that someday I can talk about it openly without feeling like it's going to haunt me forever. However, October was 
October was a lot. It, it, it felt like there were different phases to it and that there were different, um, yeah, just like different eras within October. And even yesterday, October 31st, I was like still shocked that it was October. Um, so yeah, October was kind of crazy. And I've been reflecting a lot, um, just, yeah, just thinking of the year and, and everything. And then kind of being here for Dia de Muertos has also made me remember a lot, simply remembering and living again a few things. And there's been some reflections that have been, that, that have been hitting me, have been crossing my mind. And so, yeah, today we're going to talk about a few of those things. And yeah, if you have not seen Coco, go watch it. It's a really great film that explain, that explains the premise of Dia de Muertos. In fact, Coco was one of the issues why I almost fail a film paper back when I was in uni. And I say back when I was in uni because I'm officially a graduate. I am officially a graduate. And yeah, I can now say back when I was in uni, back in the day, and the nostalgia instantly hits. So back in the day when I was at uni, I remember that I was doing like this research about like, it was sort of like Dia de Muertos portrayed on screen or something, kind of like Western media portraying um, indigenous indigenous traditions or something. And, and so I kind of like came up with Dia de Muertos because it was like, the dates was sort of, you know, like it was kind of Dia de Muertos season and I was really homesick and I was in New Zealand. So I was not able to leave the country because it was still in lockdown because of COVID. So, and, and yeah, and, and <laughs> I remember that I chose that and I was just like, this is fucking genius. I'm just gonna, you know, like, I feel so great doing this about Mexico and it's going to be, it's going to be piece of cake because, you know, like everything is, you know, I know this really well. I grew up with this holiday and everything. And I remember that I just kept pushing, um, submitting my paper, not on purpose. I was just continuously crying, <laughs> like writing everything down and like watching Coco, like using Coco, the film as one of my references. I was, I would just watch the film and I would just cry and not do any progress. So I remember emailing my, my film uh, tutor. It was not even my tutor. It was the actual professor running the course. And I was like, Hey, Alfio, I loved him. He was great. So thank you, Alfio, for letting me cry my guts out. But I was like, Hey, Alfio, listen, I, I'm really struggling right now. Like he knew, you know, that I was in, I was an international student and, you know, da, 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 da. So I was like, Hey, Alfio, I'm really struggling. You know, like (laughs) every single time that I went to like work on my paper and I, and I go through my, through one of my references, I just, I just cry. And it's been really hard for me to like wrap this up, like within a, a couple of days or whatever. So is it okay if I push the, um, my submission date? And he was like, absolutely take your time. And, and that was pretty amazing. So it took me an extra week to finish my assignment on Dia de Muertos, referring to how it's portrayed in Coco. So that's a little story, a background story, so that you can see how special, how, how iconic moment, how iconic of a moment it is that I'm sitting here in Dia de Muertos in Mexico facing my altar. So that's about it. <laughs> um, I don't know why. Okay, I think this is what I want to talk about today. I don't know why I've been feeling like... Okay, so 
10 years ago, I was 14 slash 15. Okay. So for some reason, I'm starting to see how the 10 year, um, like cycle, like trend cycle makes sense. I've been (laughs) revisiting the things that I used to listen to when I was 14, 15, you know, kind of like the soft core, uh, the soft grunge core sort of Tumblr eras coming back and, you know, that kind of like nostalgia energy is kind of somewhat, I don't know, I just feel like I've been revisiting a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that I used to consume media wise. I remember, I remember this song, Bad at Love, because I used to resonate with it so much. (laughs) I remember listening to this song and being like, oh my goodness, this was made for me. This is me. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, this is like, yeah, I was like, I just resonate with this so much because like, I'm so bad at love. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, yeah, like I fully believed that there were actually people, including myself, who were bad at love, right? And by this, I, I mean, I guess Halsey also alludes to the, to the idea of romantic love, but she would kind of encapsulate the whole idea with love, only love. And so for many years of my teenage, um, I thought that I was bad at love and I was like, yeah, like love is not for me. And like, you know, like, yeah, like love just doesn't want me and doesn't like me and whatever. I think this came to me when I was a teenager and we start having our own experiences with other people and we crave connection and we want to be part of something and we want to feel things and our home, our hormones are fucking crazy and we crave affection and crave touch and, you know, whatever teenagers crave. So I remember being obsessed with this Halsey song when I was like 14, 15 after going through my first breakup. And (laughs) I'm even a little bit embarrassed to accept, but this song used to be called Bad at Love by Halsey. Um, It's like Loki a banger, but that used to be like my national anthem. Like I used to think that this song was made for me because I thought that I was genuinely bad at love. Like after an unsuccessful romance, I think, or, you know, after disappointment or whatever I was going through, I would listen to this song and I would listen to the lyrics and be like, oh my goodness, this is so me. I'm so bad at love. And I'm like, you know, so not made to love or be loved, you know? I, like many people probably within our society, I used to think that love was this kind of like boot that if you tried it on and if it fit you, then it was meant to be in your life. And if it did not for some reason, then you could just live without love or just, you know, kind of like get divorced from experiencing love in any way, in any form in your life. Um, So I kind of saw love as a synonym of a relationship or having a partner or not being single. And then I think I believed this throughout my teens and I I mean I pretty much was validated whenever I talked to people or whenever I think I, I was just feeling like this emptiness inside of me because I was just like, ugh, love is like not my thing at all. You know, like I used to think that it was like that it was somebody's thing and that it was somebody and that it was not somebody's thing. You know what I mean? Like that it was kind of something that you could either choose to take or leave sort of thing. 
And how this connects to Dia de los Muertos is because I was thinking of all the things and people and places and beings that I have loved in my life. Many of those are, I mean, not many of those, luckily, and, and I'm very grateful for that, but some of those are not here in this world with us anymore. I was thinking of pets that I have adored and absolutely loved with all my heart who left a mark on me still to this day. And if I was to put an altar every single day to remember loved ones, I would put my pets in there because I think that the purest, some of the purest forms of love that I experience, that I have experienced and that I experience in my life is the love from my pets and from animals, and from living beings. I think I have this, um, I think I just have this really deep connection and relationship with animals, and nature, and all things hippie, you know, so to me, that was like the ultimate form of love, and that's when I started realizing that maybe love was not just about, you know, having a boyfriend, or a girlfriend, and calling it a day, and feeling loving, and lovable, so as I was reflecting on how I, you know, just like your casual thoughts of for a Monday, you know, like how you show love and how and how you allow love to come into your life and how you experience it. I I just realized that I grew up with this concept of love um, that came from mostly movies and, and and shows and books and songs like Halsey's, for instance, um, love Halsey, by the way, but you know, this song really did not serve me at its time. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I was thinking that I, one of the biggest epiphanies I think of turning 20, I guess, was having this, yeah, having this epiphany that love, there's many, many different forms of love and that love is something that we can experience it's an emotion, it's a state of mind, it's a state of being, whatever you want to call that, a state of connection. I would say to me, love is connection pretty much. So it's a state of being that that we get to experience every day. And a lot of the things that drive many cultures, values and uh, traditions like Day of the Dead, for instance, is love, is love for the beings who aren't here anymore in this world, but that we remember and we celebrate and we celebrate our lives and our bonds with them alongside uh, their memory. So I was thinking of how complex it is to live in, in a world where there's no tradition like Day of the Dead. You know, like when I was when I was not in Mexico, I would not really... I mean, I would think of Day of the Dead and everything, but there was not a specific date in within the West where I was like, oh, yes, this day we celebrate life and we celebrate our loved ones and we remember our relationship with people who are long gone, you know? And so I'm just really moved coming back here after such a long time and and having this space to reflect about the many ways that I experience love and that I have experienced love and given love in my life and how nurturing that is and how healthy and and nourishing that feels. Um, and I realized with, you know, like with other, with relationships that I've had and my friendships and acquaintances within 
you know, in other countries and here in in my in Mexico, I I have realized how it's truly become an issue having this one idea of what love should look like, of what love means, you know, people thinking that they are deserving love if somebody else loves them romantically or, you know, finds them attractive for a relationship or some sort of romance. And that kind of made me a little bit nostalgic and that made me think of my emo era when I was a teenager. And so... Yeah, I want to talk about that today. Um, Honoring life through memory and celebrating life. And especially with with what's happening in the world right now, such a heavy time for humanity. Um, There's so much grief and so much pain that this Day of the Dead to me felt very different because I felt like I was not just honoring my life or the life of the loved ones who are not here anymore. It's also honoring the life of those people who I did not know, don't know, who have passed this year because of the atrocities that are going on between countries and wars. And it's just really heartbreaking to me having like such a heavy heart right now, thinking of, of that and, and at the same time feeling like I'm so lucky, like we are so lucky to to be alive and, and, and yeah, it's kind of mixed feelings. I think that it really hurts um, to think, to see love as one, as a one thing, as, as a romantic bond with someone. You know, I think that there's many different forms of loving and um, not all cultures establish that, you know. Not all cultures establish like this deep affection to community, to your family, to your environment, you know, to anything else, to even like your language, your tradition. Not all, yeah, not all cultures enable these sorts of explorations um, that, yeah, connect to love. So... I think that the moment, even even if I come from a culture where it's mostly, you know, where it's mostly perceived that we celebrate, you know, like family and we have this devotion to um, community and, and family and, and our culture and tradition, I suffered so much, so, so much because I had this idea of love that it was a happy story, like, you know, like a Disney sort of romance and we don't always have romance in our lives. So I would be like, oh, this is like my season of love. And then if I was out of love or if I was not in a relationship with somebody or, you know, whatever, I was like, okay, then love is not in my life right now. And then yes and then no. And it was it was a roller coaster. And there was always this big emptiness inside of me that whenever I was in a relationship, I felt like the other person had to fill that up or was somewhat filling that up but then as soon as they left it was gone and so I thought that that was love that love just kind of like came and would come and go but um but at the end of the day I think that when I started allowing myself to see the different forms of loving and to deconstruct this idea of what love means to us that's when I started feeling so much more fulfilled and so much happier and I even within romance I started feeling so much more comfortable and I 
I stopped. I my expectations within that relationship were were different. I would not say that they were lower, but I was not expecting one person or one relationship to like fill this void. Anyway, that sounds kind of like a mouthful, but um but yeah, I think that it's important to reframe our relationship with love. What's a relationship with love like? I find this conversation fascinating, so interesting, so philosophical, so subjective. This is your own experience and according to your own personal, emotional baggage, traumas, uh, um, personality, uh, everything, you're going to experience love and bonds and relationships and, and everything. But something that we rarely ask ourselves is where this definition came from. You know, we grow up spoon-fed by love stories and these traditional conventions of love within the West, for instance, and we never question them. And we go around life seeking this illusion in a way. And other people are maybe seeking an illusion as well, some sort of distortion. But since we don't even know what it is, we don't know what that means to us, we don't know anything about it, we... It's, it's as if we were kind of like going around life blindfolded. So I have found so much healing and relief experiencing this, this kind of like dialogue with myself and with my relationships. Uh, relationships as in friends, family, um, romantic partners, uh, everything, everything truly. Um, and... I think that it is deeply healing starting to let other sorts of other forms of love emerge or starting to see how love looks like in ways that are not romantic. And like a very cliche um, narrative going on at the moment, the self-love club, I think that this starts with allowing to allowing love to be part of our lives, allowing our own love to ourselves, to our lives, to our journey, to our whatever, be part of us and start fulfilling this void that we have inside of us when we are disconnected. I think that a big favor we should do to ourselves within our 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s, whenever in life it hits you. But I think that the sooner we do it, the better. Because that just that will just enrich our relationships and that will just enrich our lives and our relationship with ourselves and our environments and everything around us. I think that when we reframe our relationship with the concept of love or if we deconstruct what we have been taught about it, and we start reframing the experience of what feeling loved and being loved and loving and and whatever else encompasses that feels like and what it entails for you on a personal level, that's when, I think that's when we will be able to hold space for healthier, longer lasting, more wholesome relationships. Romantic and non-romantic.
So I think that if we actively cultivate other forms of love is when we will truly become aware that love is not just about finding another half, is not just about being in a relationship, is not just about thinking that your life is in pause until you are in a relationship and then if you're out of a relationship then it's on hold again. I think that the moment that we realize that love is this force that sort of keeps everything together and it's available to us and it's already in our lives it's just a matter of noticing it that's when we will start having more fulfilling and more and happier relationships and bonds and connection with with people with ourselves with our environment I think it truly changed my life when I realized and I was like why am I feeling so empty when you know when I'm not quote-unquote in love or with someone or you know experiencing this romance that I grew up seeing on tv why does it feel like my life is somewhat yeah like I'm paused or you know that I'm not experiencing the same sort of fulfillment when I'm by myself or when you know I'm with another sort of non-romantic relationship and I think my life truly changed and my other relationships, my connection with community, friends, everything around me started feeling more intimate and more nourishing the moment that I saw each one of those connections as unique and as loving as the others, you know, including the one with myself. And I also realized that it was kind of hard to allow love in many different forms to it was kind of I was I was struggling to feel the love coming externally like it was really easy for me to to feel like you know by being romantically involved with someone I was already like loving and receiving love but then since I didn't know how to how to um cultivate other forms of love, I was kind of feeling uncomfortable because I did not know I did not know what to do. Um, I was like, well, if there's like non if this if these bonds are like non-sexual and are non-romantic, like how do you or how do I show this person that I care for them or that and that I love them and that, you know, I I yeah, I want to give them some love. So it was really interesting and I think it's a, it's very unique how each person expresses love and 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 shows and and feels love um but I think it's so healing when we allow ourselves to be loved by others in a non-romantic way as it is in a romantic way absolutely but I think um our connections become more fulfilling once we realize that that when we come from a place of love of loving all creations around us, it's honoring and celebrating our own lives and the lives of others, you know? And I think that having a moment to realize and remember, in my case, you know, today, Day of the Dead, I was just like, wow, it's like, I think it's quite beautiful having a time of the year where we remember that we are not here forever and that probably one of the reasons why we're why we're here is to love and to feel loved, you know? And it's not just about chasing one person, chasing one idea, one illusion of finding another half. It's about devoting ourselves and loving everything that 
works in our life and also what doesn't work in our lives you know it's it could be really hard and looking at the conditions of the world currently it's it could be really tough and really hard and it's really easy to forget all of these things that we kind of all the epiphanies that we get and like the connection that we manage to find sometimes it's really hard it's it's really hard to keep or maintain in in a world of bad news and pain and hurt and suffering but i think that if we practice a little bit every day if we practice our awareness if we practice being present in in our lives we start noticing the forms of love that drive every single thing around us realizing that we're here temporarily and that many relationships romantic non-romantic one of the main reasons why personally i think one of the big reasons why we're here is simply loving and feeling things you know and so i think it is a gift to ourselves and we owe it to ourselves to question this concept that we have of love and this term that may feel and look different to you than it looks to me than it looks to tv series and it looks to love songs than it looks to dead poets you know i think it's so important and it really impacts the way in which we live life so yeah i think this is just a little invitation to some insight about how you experience love in your own life and how you perceive love and if you have allowed other voices to dictate how you feel about the connections in your life how you feel about connecting with others non-romantically or romantically if you have been rejecting other forms of love for the name of romance or for the name of an idealized version of a relationship or of a romantic connection i don't know i would love to know your thoughts about this topic that is so complex and so hard to verbalize i've truly been struggling i had my notes really organized and i was just like how do i even start to say this i think it's mostly truly a reflection from celebrating day of the dead here after seven years away from this beautiful space of remembrance and celebration of life i think that it's crucial to in order to stay sane in order to honor the freedom and the the love and the happiness that some don't have if we experience it ourselves in our lives it's it's truly uplifting it's i think maybe the least that we can do with the life that we have today so yeah i would love to know your experiences and if you you have i don't know if you have any sort of moment during the year when you think about these things if you were i don't know if you grew up in a culture where there's maybe a time and space to reflect upon similar things or if you've never thought about this and this is just like fucking nonsense i would love to know your thoughts Uh, This is it for today. Thank you so much for listening and connecting today. I am very happy to be here. And um, yeah, let me know. Text me on at Amora Podcast or at Bimbarella with double L. And yeah, thank you. I hope you have a wonderful November. I hope that it's a great month. I cannot believe that that the year is almost over. Um, That's kind of another thing to process. 
But yeah, I really hope you have a wonderful beginning of the month and rest of your week. Peace and love.